It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. For the 49ers, that's going to be a really long ride home. Thanks for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers Radio Show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, DynastySportsEmpire.com has you covered. Fantasy leagues, content, rankings, projections, and more. Visit them online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. Nick, one one play away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just heard the highlight, and it was... God, it's so hard. Close. To, it's hard to hate on that play, though. It was such a good throw, and what a catch! I mean, oh, as a 49er fan, it breaks your heart. But you, you're at first, you're like, no, he's out of bounds. He, didn't, you know, he didn't make complete the catch. And, oh, damn, he did. Yeah, review oh. it, review it. No way, because oh. almost nothing is a catch in slow motion. Right. So you're thinking, no way, that's a catch. No way, yeah. it can't be. Ooh, that was beautiful. And we were so close multiple times. The yeah. interception, like you know, we. Oh, we, I know the Brock the interception. 49ers drop. did everything oh. right. You pressure Eli Manning. Yeah. You know, they should. too bad they couldn't hear Chris Collinsworth because at the beginning of that drive, he clearly states, oh, you guys better double-team Vereen. He's going to be all they're using on this drive. And sure enough, that's pretty much all they used on that drive going down the field. Right. I mean, that, you that loosen was, up a little bit, try not to get beat yeah. deep, and then... And there you gosh. go. They did have that game in their hands, though. I mean, the duck, you know, the, the, the dropped interception. Yeah, you pressure the quarterback, you do yeah. everything right, you get the throw, and he can't come back to the ball and quite get there, so... Inches, two two different plays they could have sealed the game one way or the other. And it's you see this all the time, and it drives me crazy. The time you need to stop the other team the most is the time when they just like a hot knife through butter down the field and score with yeah. a, minute, a minute and a half. Right. And you it know what? It shouldn't be that easy, but at the end of games, it's not it's just, just the 49ers. It. It's just that's the way it happens. You, you play a little looser. You play a different scheme. You played all game long. I feel like at the, like watching that game, I felt like Eli could do what he wanted. And it was quick, under three seconds on almost every one of his passes. And, it, you know, he, he picked them apart. It was, he set through 76% of his passes. I agree. He completed it. You, know what? you know what? You know, one play was more frustrating even than the touchdown, maybe, yeah. was the scramble. Yeah, I know. No, not Eli. Get him. <laughs> so Someone slow. get him. No way is he going to make it there. And then he took a shot. Yeah, he popped him. He that knocked him back about see. four yards. But Eli threw for 441 yards. NFL Offensive Player of the Week, career highs in yards and completion percentage. Yeah. I mean, he was on my fantasy teams and got me a lot of points. Well, that's Beckham good. as well. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I, I was hoping you would feel better after oh, I told I you. I do. That. I feel so good. I mean, the defense gave up 525 yards. Uh, very, very nearly won, despite all of that. Uh, a whole lot more to get to about this game. Uh, real big guest we should mention coming on in a little bit. Yes, Larry Kruger, KMBR, 49ers pre and post game man. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun that to kind of pick fun. his brain about that game and then look forward uh, to the Ravens this weekend. Uh, oh my goodness. A winnable game. Look, yeah. One of the things I had harped on before this Giants game was seeing the 49ers be competitive. Mm-hmm. And they were. They and were. That was really fun to watch a competitive football game. It was a lot There's of fun. obvious things they need to clean up. And the other big, to go on the road and do it too. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing for me was, was just, they looked like they were in sync. You know, it looked like, you know, Cap was throwing deep balls and they were being completed. Carlos Hyde was following his blockers and when it wasn't there, sometimes he was cutting back and getting big gains. I mean, it just, to me, it looked like they were just kind of firing on all cylinders, which was really good to see because we haven't really seen that since week one. Yes. And, 
you have to take shots deep even if you don't complete you have them. To. to get the PI. Yeah. And Torrey Smith is one of the best in the league at getting those defensive pass interferences called against him. And right. You can't get that. You can't get completions or you can't get those PI calls if you don't take shots down the field. And they're starting to do it earlier and earlier in the game, which I like to see. I mean, it took them till their fourth possession to do it, you know, back on Sunday, but right. it, it worked, like you said. And then they threw a couple great. Beautiful touch passes to Anquan Bolden. I mean, Cap Cap looked like he had his confidence back. Looked like he had his fastball back, which yes. was nice. And, and he just he looked like he was just he was there and he was the man. And, and that's what we need to see week in and week out. He had that swagger week one, and, and and he lost it a little bit in week two. He gained it in junk time, and then you know when he threw those picks against Arizona in week three, he, it was like he was shattered. And it showed last week, and he, he came back this week. Now they just need to get wins. One and yes. four. That's well, tough. And, and and that's sort of the mark of a bad team. So many NFL games are decided by you know three to seven points. Right. And if you can't make that one play, you you're going to lose a lot of games. They, and had they two, couldn't do it. They had two dropped interceptions in this game, both that led to points for the Giants. Good football teams make those plays and win football games. That's right. And that's they just absolutely right. They just they did they didn't do it. The defense looked uh, better. I mean, again, we we talked about the huge yardage. That they gave up, but Aaron Lynch, he didn't get any sacks, but he was constantly pressuring him. What do you have, eight hurries or something? I mean, that was, that was really fun yes, to see. Lynch, Jimmy Ward played a second pretty good game. Um, it's nice to see a first-round pick start to pay off. Yeah, yeah, Brock looked good for me as well. I really liked seeing him back there. I mean, you know, it sucks that he he dropped that, but he had a, he did have an interception in the game right before halftime. Right. You know, they, they got a little greedy there, could have settled for the field goal, took the shot, and... And Brock made a play, and that was good to see. Also, yeah. what, my, my favorite part of this game was, oh, I think it was their third possession when they brought in Andrew Tiller. Absolutely. <laughs> it was so exciting and to so see. And so clearly outplayed. <laughs> clearly. From, from snap number one with him in there, yeah. all of a sudden, what is this? Is that a, is that what, a pocket? Yeah. Well, oh, wait, that's whoa, whoa. a pocket. Whoa, whoa, there's no no immediate rush right up the middle on that right side? Oh, oh, a pocket. I see. Okay, now I understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of rotating in there with, with Devi. Uh, but he, I mean, like you said, he clearly he clearly outplayed him. But, you know, word, word I'm hearing is that they're going to continue this rotation. I, no, they, they, they can't. can't right? I mean, can't. I, I understand maybe a little bit of a rotation. Oh. But at the same time... It's the same reason you kept Davey in there the whole season at the first four weeks is because you wanted the consistency. Right. So once you've clearly got the guy who's outplaying him, he should be in there and every you called snap, it. all game long. You called it coming out of preseason. You liked Tiller a lot. I loved Tiller, and yeah. I thought Tiller and I thought Brandon Thomas. Yeah. I thought they both outplayed Davey in, in, the, in the preseason. So I'm really excited for – and Tiller, man, we should talk a little bit about him. What a crazy road. And he – 2012, I believe he was drafted. I don't think he was drafted. The Saints. He was on the Saints. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to my info here. Um, he was. Yeah, he spent the whole season with the Saints in 2012 on the active roster, actually, but didn't get in a game. Then he moved on to San Diego and Green Bay practice squads in 2013. Then Green Bay practice squad at the beginning of 2014. Then with the Niners at the end of the year, and that's when he started to make an impression. He made his NFL debut in his third season. In December last year in 2014, now promoted to the active roster, and hopefully, Look I good. think he's earned a starting job. I'm with you 100 percent on that. It was really, and, and you know, Pro Football Focus agrees with you. He the, he he outranked him. He 1.1, a plus, a plus. a plus on that offensive line. And is, Davies was minus. 1. It was minus exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's night and day. It's it's a pretty clear. He pretty clearly uh, played better, and he's looked better from every 
point that I've seen the, both those guys play yeah. for the 49ers. And Davies ranked towards the bottom of guards in the NFL overall. I mean, I just don't know why you would go back to him at this point. And he's point. a big guy, 6'4", 324. Um, so he's a plus in the running game, a plus in the passing game, I think. There's no reason he should not be in there. There is there's no reason. You, there was a point in this game, I don't know if, if you were the same, but uh, they, they Reggie Bush, you know, again, fragile Reggie Bush, out of there. Just a few carries, as is his thing. Third touch since returning from the first injury. Re-injured <laughs> that calf. That's five total touches on the season, in case you're wondering right. how often Reggie Bush has been involved in the first five games of the year. Uh, when, when Jared Hayne... They were in the red zone. They were like inside the 10. Yes. And they gave the ball to Hayne two times in a row. Oh, man, I wanted him to get in the end zone. Oh, I stood How up. How could you not? I mean, he converted oh. the first down, so that was yeah. good to see. Yeah. Nice little run there. And then they gave it to him again, and he got stuffed. But it was, yeah, that was that was a really exciting moment for me, too, for him. Uh, he also had a pretty good punt return, a 16-yarder. Uh, just just keep getting him the ball. Yeah, he's not getting a lot of opportunities with those punt returns. Well, first of all, the 49ers aren't right. uh, causing teams to punt <laughs> The defense isn't really doing that, yeah. But... He, I, yeah, it's, he's fun to watch, so definitely a positive. He's, he's going to be a fun player to watch all season long, and if Reggie Bush is going to keep getting hurt, then he's going to get more snaps on offense. Oh, I know. Uh, I, speaking of the running back position, I mean, Hyde, I love watching the way he runs. Yeah. Really physical. I mean, he delivered he's, a knockout punch, like literally knocked literally. the guy out of the game. John yeah. Beeson, who's a pretty good player. Early, too. Um, that was big. It was the first drive of the game, right? Yeah. And uh, But I'm kind of worried Hyde may not hold up. Yeah, he keeps he getting injured. He seeks contact. Uh, teams are stacking the box against him, so it's not like he's he doesn't have a lot of space. So yeah, he, it's I'm just worried about bit. the beating he's taken. He kind of came up limping a little bit. He came back in the game though and uh, scored a touchdown. So yeah, friend of the uh, the podcast Ryan Sakamoto tweeted out that Hyde broke 12 tackles in that game, six of which were behind the line of scrimmage. It got him some positive yards. So it, it, he is definitely. To me, the best player on the 49er team. I mean, Kaepernick is a great athlete, but you know, per position, Hyde, Hyde is the man. Right. I would put Hyde right there with. I mean, Navarro Bowman's obviously not himself. His pass coverage um, is so bad right now. And I think he's just. It, 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 he. I don't know if long term he can get back, but he's already a step slower than he was when he made his debut in the preseason. He was I, a minus five pretty, in pass coverage. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. They, they, he, it's not so much that they were completing passes on him where it's man-to-man where he's down the field with the guy. A lot of it's sort of dump-off stuff in, in sort of a zone situation where the guy catches it in front of you, you go tackle right. him. But, yeah, I believe he was in coverage ten times and there was ten passes completed. So <sighs> that's, that's, hard, that's 100%. <laughs> that's why you're going to get and, a negative grade. <laughs> right. Um, but most of the plays weren't like the Donnell play where it's it's down the field. Right. And that's just – t- sometimes you have to tip your cap. I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's taller. Great throw. Great catch mm. on that play. Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned Kaepernick uh, being back. I mean, 262 yards, two touchdowns, had a quarterback rating 107.1. Great to see. Led that that drive at the end. Seven plays, 80 yards. That was that was fun to see. I was nervous heading into that. Not going to lie. And that was – oh, man. Everything about his game on Sunday night looked good. It wasn't perfect, of course not. But compared to what we had seen oh, the last few weeks, oh, it was Again, just competitive football. Yeah, it was uh, so welcomed. W- one of my favorite aspects of the game: red zone production. It, it's it's Big. killed the 49ers for many seasons now, and early this season it, it has as well. They're still forty three point eight percent on the year, which is not good enough. No uh, touchdown percentage in the red zone. They were seventy five percent in this game, scored one hundred percent of the time with field goal and, and three touchdowns and four tries. So that that's more like it. Uh, the only other game they were above forty percent this year was the Arizona game. They were they only got to the red zone one time and they scored. Yeah, 
<laughs> so which was good. That's again well, that's great. One hundred percent. Anytime you get that number, that's great. Uh, something I, I uh, read also was that uh, offense coordinator Jeep Christ that he he put Cap and the receivers in more meetings together last week. Before this, you know, like they'd have their quarterback meeting and then they'd have their separate wide receiver meetings and then they have an offensive meeting. But apparently he was just kind of like, hey, why don't you guys, uh, why don't you sit in on the, the wide receiver meeting? Hey, why don't you sit in on the quarterback meeting? You know, like just making sure that they're all on the same page at all times. It sure looked like it paid off to me. That would make sense. Yeah, right. Is, that, is that not something that happens more often? Because <laughs> it probably they, should, it right? It needs to. Definitely. Maybe they're onto something there. The coaching staff has been a big point of emphasis with fans really upset about losing Harbaugh, whose Michigan team has just thrown three straight shutouts. Uh, it, it pains me that he's doing so well, but at the same time, you knew it was going to happen. Oh, I, man. I mean, come on. He, he gets he's, he gets left for dead, and then, of course, he's going to just you know run out. He's going to win the national championship. He's so cut out for the college <laughs> game, too. Yeah. I, I know that every NFL team is going to be trying to talk him back into it for years and years. Every time there's and a And he probably will at some say, point. Yeah. But, you know, and I he's I kind bet. of got unfinished business, I'm yeah. sure, with the NFL. But he's he, such a good fit. And you saw it with the 49ers where maybe his shtick sort of runs out after about four years. Guess what? You get a whole new crop of players every four years in the college game. So that's well that put. maybe is the place he needs to be. And yeah. obviously he's a great football coach. So. He really is. There, there's no doubt about that. You know, uh, sticking with this game but real quick, I read something Matt Barrows tweeted out. Uh, Bruce Ellington had those two catches, the wide receiver screens, real early, thirty-nine yards, only two snaps, didn't play again. Yeah, I. What's up with that? I kind of understand that. Yeah, because I don't. well, I understand why they're. They, it was obviously part of the you know the scripted plays to start the game. You have these scripted in, but he's not one of the top three wide receivers, so he doesn't naturally just come in the game on a three wide receiver set. Right. So you have to really script those plays in. So if you're not trying to get him the ball and okay. specifically get him on the field to give him the ball, he's not naturally going to get passes in the flow of the game anymore, except for those few plays you scripted him at the beginning of the game, because just on the depth chart, he's not one of the top right. three guys. But as the offensive coordinator, you see those two plays work so well. They ran the wide receiver screen two more times, you know, and, and, and not to him, but right. they ran that same play, and yeah. one of them worked really well, and the other didn't. And they did a jet sweep later with Quentin Patton, right? which but we've why? seen work in, in uh, the, the week before we saw that that play worked pretty well but with Quentin Patton, too. Let's so. say you're sitting there playing Madden, and a play is, a player has looked really good for you a couple times. You're going to try to get him the ball again, right? You're at least going to get him on the field and, and run a play where he where he touches the ball. I mean, I am. The, so you're the, saying Jeep Chris is probably not very good at Madden. I, I'm, I'd love to play him. <laughs> <laughs> I, would lo- I would love that. Truck this. <laughs> but I I completely understand the yeah. gripe, and I saw a lot, about, a lot of that on Twitter and obviously that's his job as the offensive coordinator to, uh, if, if something's working, you want to go back to it, right? I would, personally, yeah. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, hey, a couple things we'll get to here. Um, Daniel Kilgore. You know, there were reports that, you know, he's the the pup list. Right. He'll be available week seven. Week seven. Uh, I've heard some reports that he might not be. Really? That he might need a few, you know, maybe a week of practice before he comes out, maybe looking at week eight, which is a little bit weird because th- there were also – Pictures of him snapping to Kaepernick before the Giants game. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to believe there. I, we really need him back. Very, very badly. We do. I, you know what? And Kilgore is not – he's not a Pro Bowl center by any means either. No, but, but he's not Marcus, Marcus Martin. Marcus Martin right now is not – yeah, he's not cutting the mustard. Is Marcus Martin even, yeah, an NFL caliber center at this point? <laughs> That's actually a great segue. Can we talk about Eric Branch's article? Yeah. About Trent Baalke's Please. 49ers draft picks. Um, Not great. Two of the 22 players the 49ers have selected in the first four rounds since 2012. Only two of those 22 are starters. That's, That's not Eric good. Eric Reed and Carlos Hyde. 
Um, he's not counting Marcus Martin, who is an injury replacement. So right. if you he want didn't to cart- earn that spot. Right. But if you want to count him, that's three starters still. One still of them playing good. poorly. And Eric Reed kind of not playing that well either. Right. Um, and then you have – you can even count Jimmy Ward. He was drafted to be a, the slot guy, which is still – are you going to draft a guy in the first round that could only play a maximum of 60% of the snaps in a game? That, I'm not, no. Right, and it, that's the one thing I don't like about that. Unless he starts to play on the outside on first and second downs as either a corner or becomes a full-time safety, then drops down to the corner. You know, So you can't really count him as a starter, but some teams count their third wide receiver or their nickel corner as a starter. Yeah. So at maximum, you could I say four saying. of the 22 players. Okay. But really, at, at in max, reality, it's two of them. Even that is not a good number, four of 22. No, it's an awful number. Yeah, that, that's not good. That something needs to change there. Um, uh, something I do want to they they uh, they cut Sharice Wright, which to me seemed like that was coming. You know, he he hadn't suited up. He wanted his release. They finally gave it to him. Then he goes and signs with the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just the move? Isn't that what you do? That's really funny. Well, yeah, he, the week before really, you're going to play a team, you bring really him in. really soon to be able to earn snaps, but they just needed bodies, no. so he's probably going to play against. Oh the no, 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 no! They brought him in. Hey, teach us their schemes. Yeah, exactly. What are they doing back there? Oh, wait. He got cut the next week? That's weird. Weird how <laughs> they picked him up right before yeah. they play him. Oh, man. That's that's a good move. You see that all the time, though. Oh, that's you just, do. That's, that's commonplace. You see that a lot with the Seahawks sniping our guys yeah. and putting them on the practice squad. Yeah. Which, why, why not? Why would the Niners not do that? Come Smart. on. This Smart. is a good move. Jerome Simpson, also eligible to come back next week. Forgot about Jerome he Simpson. He got that six-game suspension. Yeah, this is week six, so... I'm going to do the math real quick for you. Well, the 49ers passing game has been doing so well. I don't know if there's a spot for him. <laughs> right? I, but honestly, I mean, is he is well, he any good? We'll see. What he is is sort of a deep threat, similar to Torrey Smith. We haven't right? been able to use Torrey Smith hardly. So how so are we going to use two guys? Fit in, right? yeah. yeah. But I imagine he'll be the number three over Quentin Patton when I he comes back. I would think so. But we'll see. Who knows, They man. do different things, so... I, I keep trying to guess what the 49ers are going to do, and I keep guessing wrong. So. Some of the obvious things, too, like Tiller at right guard... He seems to me he's the guy. You would think that Ellington would get some of these, at least, you know, if he's not the number three wide receiver, he would get some gadget plays thrown in there after those first two were, looked pretty good at the beginning of the game. Let's and I like so. I like the way it started. Yeah. I mean, if, if the script works that good, use the script again. You know, script more <laughs> plays maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I do miss those days of like the first 25 scripted plays. Yeah, I remember it started Steve out as Young like, and, it, yeah. with Bill Walsh, it was 15 plays. Is that what it was? Then people started to overdo it and it was like, 25 plays, yeah. and then all of a sudden... It's going to be 37 scripted yeah, plays. We get 60 plays in a game. Yeah. You're going to script them <laughs> We've all? scripted the whole <laughs> game out, so let's just go with that. A uh, little update. Uh, Ahmad Brooks, he missed the game, of course, due to the death of his sister. Horrible, tragic news. Still not back with the team, but his agent saying he's going to return on Sunday for the game, so that's great news for the 49ers. It's great news for Brooks, too. I mean, I'm sure it's killing him to be away from the team. Um, and I just I can't even imagine having to go through something like that. Yeah, that's always rough. And whatever real life is obviously way more takes precedent. Yeah, of course, this is just a game. You want someone to job. be right when they come back, but sometimes yeah. you need the you need to get away from real life to play football. Yeah, and that's the best way. Wonderful to get distraction. Out of it, so. Yeah, yeah. Get right. out there, do do what you do, get back into your routine. Uh, Vernon Davis missed the game. Also, he's been practicing again on a limited basis. Tom Sula actually said it was pretty funny. Uh, he, he was asked about it. He said, "Oh yeah, he was out there prancing around at practice." And then immediately was like, "Well, you, you know what I mean—the bounce in his step." And like he just described it as, as he just prancing. Said he's prancing. Yeah, you can't take that. No, back. that will forever that's, be there. That's said he actually uh, Davis got a lot of work while the team was in New York, so it was a, it was a good thing he believes for them to kind of shut him down just so that it doesn't linger. By the way, on our uh, the Tom Sula comment reminds me on our Instagram there's a video of Tom Sula at a press conference. Yeah. He is if you 
Go wherever you are or whenever you get to a computer, the listeners out there, go to 49ers.com or wherever you, you watch those um, press conferences, either, whether it's on TV, whatever. Put mm-hmm. it on mute and just watch Tom Sula. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> it's, Jimmy T. <laughs> It is the funniest thing to watch his hand movements and watch his face, and you're, what could he possibly be saying right now? It's he's very confused by it. He's like an angry father to having the first sex talk with his child. It's, it's like an awkward. It's <laughs> but a very it's not awkward. Too late thing. to have the conversation. And and I'm not dissing Tom Sula. It's, it's funny. It's an. It's, he's got an endearing quality. Right. We love Jimmy T. Yeah. Also, while you're on the internet, go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram, Gold Faithful Podcast. Exactly. Follow him Twitter at BD Peacock. Follow me at Bay Area Wink. That's right. And uh, yeah. This is uh, man, kind of kind of concerning for me. Also, getting back to practice, uh, Jared Hain out there taking first team snaps practice on Wednesday. Jared Hain, yeah, I like it. I mean, you know, Hyde's probably still a little banged up. They're giving right. him a little extra rest. Bush, yeah, will he Hyde, ever play again? Bowman, Bush, those guys probably shouldn't be taking much reps. Ever and, and yeah, Bowman, Bowman sat out. Staley was out. Boone out. I'm sure right. those are all just cautionary rest days. You guys getting a little Absolutely. extra time. And uh, and Hayne needs all the touches he can get. So yeah, get get that that's extra perfect practice. time to do, to do it. You, I mean, you want your team to have some continuity, so you kind of need your first team unit practicing together a little bit. I right. Assume. But uh, 49ers boasting the 31st ranked defense right now in total yards allowed. That is not a good number. That's not, I don't like that number. That's at all. not the one you want. No. Pro Football Focus also uh, saying that the 49ers have a minus 20.7 season ranking in pass coverage. Yeah, it's, and it's all the passing defense. The rushing defense, yeah. 108 yards per game is, is 17th. So they're you know middle of the league there. Mm-hmm. And 298 yards passing is 30th. That's yeah. that's where it's it's dinging him. It's not it's not good right now. It's uh, something's going wrong. Something's got to be fixed. Got got to see something. Like I said, it felt like Eli Manning was just picking them apart. Could do pretty much whatever he wanted. Just little little passes, one after the next, moving the chains, moving the chains. Moving the chains. Can we do the pinioned inside the twenty segment earlier yeah, today? Yeah, I, I do you like have your that. information. I, of course, because I it, just looking at the stats here, it led me to this number: punting average, mm-hmm. ranked twenty third in the league, forty four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that number get up. I, I do as well. You know, and the, and the net's only thirty five point seven. It's it's not the best right now. And he actually didn't have any pinned inside pinioned inside the twenty against the Giants on Sunday night. That's the first time this year that he hasn't had that. He only had three punts. Which was great. That's actually the lowest punt number he's had. I like that part of so it. So that goes to show you how well the 49er offense was playing. That's right. Uh, yeah, season average, he's he's 22nd, Nets 15th. So Not a lot of defense being played in that game at all. Right. When you think about it, it's kind of a low-scoring game for how much yardage and how easily the teams move the ball. Yeah, that, that should have been in the 30s, I think, just based on the numbers that these teams put up. But eh, it can always be worse. They're 1-4. and four. They, could, they could be 0-5. Oh I mean... And and well, of, here's the, they could be they could be well, they're one play away from being two and three. Sure, have a pretty good matchup against the Baltimore Ravens that we're going to be getting into here in a second. Very winnable so home game. Basically, the 49ers are one play away from us sitting here talking with about a good shot at being three and three after six games and talking about NFC West playoff implications yeah. next Thursday versus Seahawks. Yeah, that, yeah. Even still, I think if they win that game, I mean, you still got what five division games coming up the rest of the season. You know. They they've only they're zero and one in the division. It's hard to talk like that with how well the Cardinals were playing. Right, but, but then it's also they're one injury away. I mean, Carson Palmer not in there. I don't see them clicking like that. Do you? No, no way. The Cardinals no. are well, not going to get they, ha- they haven't been able to prove that before. Right, Stanton's played pretty well. Ah. It, ah. Ah. But obviously he's no Carson Palmer. So Carson Palmer's played very well. The, but on the other side of the coin, with how bad they looked for a couple weeks, 
if they lose this week, then it's like, do you blow it up? So right. they're so close to both of those things, and it's nice to see them play well. And I don't even know. I don't know how I feel about the team right now. I almost want I almost want him to look so bad that we could just say, okay, blow it up. You you just, you just want like you don't want that girlfriend to keep like stringing you along. Right. I don't want that. Yeah. You want to catch her like with someone I, else. But I don't want to <laughs> give up on the season either, but I don't want to have this false hope. Right. And then we lose a stretch of 8 games. All right. I see what you're saying. I I do 100%, but at the same time, like there's still so many games left in this season. I like Kat, one of Kaepernick's things too. Is like we're one and four. Yes. We could we could finish the season twelve and four. You're like, well, yeah, like you could. Okay, Colin. <laughs> right. Uh, we're, practice squad Niners made a couple of signings. Uh, they brought in a wide receiver. Is it is it Turzilli? Andrew Turzilli. All I know about him is that he's six four and that he ran a four 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 forty. A lot of fours going on there. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he came out of uh, Rutgers, played three seasons at Kansas as well. Uh, he he just kind of he signed as a free agent, unrestricted free agent. Tennessee got released. So it sounds like they didn't like what they saw from Troll Pryor in the workout last week. <laughs> Luckily, that's correct. They could put this guy on the practice squad, right? But you'd rather get a, a guy well, that's Pryor a little NFL experience, six six with a four four forty, right? And but maybe Pryor didn't want to be on the practice him. squad. I don't know if he's even eligible, to be honest with you. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. But, hmm. Yeah, so they don't have a place to put him. There you go. So they bring him in. They're like, all right, thanks. This was fun. He didn't look good enough to to earn an active roster spot. Can't imagine who he would take the place of. Yeah. I guess Ellington was banged up at the time. That's true. Yeah. Uh, They also signed a center, uh, which is definitely a place of need, which is, uh, you know, obviously something uh, we keep talking about. Brian Folkerts, uh, he actually played fullback in the Arena League. Which is kind of sweet. I really liked reading that as a, as a former fullback. Uh, he was he played with the Sabercats. And then actually had to leave them because he got signed to the Panthers. So, <laughs> as, as a center. Uh, appeared in 10 games in 2013. Appeared in all 16 in 2014. Or he at least dressed for all those games. So, adding a little depth after they just traded away a, a center. As a center, that's a week. large fullback, I'm guessing, in the Arena League. Yeah, he, he was a big guy. 6'4", 3'10". You don't want to see that coming at you. I, I mean, maybe he was a little lighter than that. There was a guy, I, I believe it was with Baylor, and I, I don't know his name, but he's he goes he's literally 410 pounds. He wears a number in the 80s uh, and for Baylor, and he lined up at fullback, and he, he doesn't get a lot of play, but he's technically, I think he's more of an, an extra offensive lineman, but he's listed as a tight end. He wears number 80. He's 410 pounds, and he uh, they, they threw him a pass out of the backfield last week. Oh, it was really yeah. You I, I kind of want to go play. look up that video right yeah, now. It's pretty awesome. Hey, let's uh, let's get to our guest now. I'm happy to do it. Let's talk to Mr. Larry Kruger. All right, he's the co-host of the Gary and Larry Show mornings on KMBR nine to noon. Also, hosts the 49ers pre and post game shows. Bay Area radio stalwart Larry Kruger. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Hey, the 49ers offense looked pretty good Sunday night. Much more in sync. I want to think glass half full here. Do you? think it was more so due to the 49ers play calling and execution or was it actually due to poor defensive schemes and just overall subpar play by the uh, Giants defenders well I think you know it's too I think it's too cynical to just say oh well they were going up against a weak pass defense and that's why they had success but I mean it had a factor I mean it plays a role right the Giants didn't mount much of a pass rush they didn't have, they don't have safeties that necessarily are great coverage players so it, 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 it figured the 49ers would have more success passing it, but they also had more success running the football. And, um, and I think they, they kind of effectively loosened things up a little bit with those two early uh, hitch 
passes to Bruce Ellington uh, in the flat. They both went for pretty big gainers, and I thought it kind of changed the way the Giants kind of went about things from that point on. Yeah, hey, you know, you mentioned the Bruce Ellington. is only two snaps were those two plays. Did, did they ever say why he, he wasn't back out there? No, I mean, Tom Sula was asked that this week, you know, why was he not out there? And he, you know, he spoke for 30 seconds, but he said nothing. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, Good old I Jimmy mean, T there. Well, I mean, I mean, he, he doesn't have an answer. Right. I mean, you're, you have, you're, your offense is not very explosive. You're having a hard time making things happen in the pass game or the run game. And you got a guy like this who's got 4-4 speed, is pretty tough, and knows the offense, and you can utilize them in a number of different ways, and you choose not to, mm. I think that's something that he will change beginning this week. And that would just be my guess. And if he doesn't, I, you may hear me complain about it on the show next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Larry, Brian Peacock here. Uh, I, the first thing I do want to say to you is, uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but I was actually at the leader and about the time that you were gone from the station, and I just want to say it is a lot better with you on yeah. it. So I'm glad you're back there at KBR well, 6A. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so we're talking about Jim Tomsula a little bit there. You know, big picture thing, how long of a rope do you think Jim Tomsula has? And to a lesser degree, Trent Balky, are they sort of married? Is it a one-and-done sort of a marriage there? Do you think one has a longer leash than the other? That's so hard to say. It's all about, like, who's, who's in tighter with Jed and what the long-range plan is and how – how hard or easy it would be to replace either of them. I would have to think that he would have a longer leash than Trent just simply because uh, Trent's been there and, you know, we all know that Trent's been had a kind of spotty record the last three or four years. So um, and I would thought, I would think they would give Tom Sula, you know, a little bit more than one year, but you know, we're in uncharted waters here. I don't think anybody really knows. Um, Maybe that Tom Sula, was is only a little bit in with the owner, but Trent Balky is is completely in with the owner. So it's it's really difficult to say. But if, if I was saying based on a, evaluating this based on performance, I would say Tom Sula probably should be given a second year just because it, this year was so such a difficult uh, transition with so many different losses of coaches and players. Mm-hmm. And I think for Balky, I think. He's had enough misses. I mean, if you say, what's the difference between the 49ers and the Seahawks in the last couple of years? The Seahawks are still on top, and the 49ers are no longer on top. And I think it really directly relates to the the hit ratio that John Schneider has compared to Trent Baalke. Right. That 2012 draft, especially, pretty much punted by the 49ers. And right. what did the – got Russell Wilson – uh, you got a star linebacker out of that draft for the think for the Seahawks. That. I mean, you're a former scout. I'm a total draft geek myself. There's actually an Eric Branch article earlier this week. Only two of the 22 players the 49ers have selected in the first four rounds since 2012 are starters. That's counting Eric Reed and Carlos Hyde. I mean, I guess you could count Jimmy Ward possibly as a starter. But it's the nickel. I mean, he was in there the whole game last week. Uh, Marcus Martin, he's an injury replacement. Chris Borland, that was not really right. a bad scouting job. That's just you can't really see that kind of thing coming. Um, but well, just give me an idea. Just give me not to jump in on you, but just yes. give me an idea. Pro Football Focus, I think, does the best job in the industry right now at evaluating rosters. And they went through at the end of last year, and they graded every roster in the NFL, and they grouped some players as excellent, good, um, and then down from there. And the 49ers, in their you know, a couple of years ago, when they had when they were running neck and neck with Seattle. Personnel-wise, they had that many. They had the same, roughly the same number of very good and excellent players. If you look at that breakdown that Pro Football Focus does now, 
the 49ers have lost all of their excellent players. In fact, only one, only Joe Staley, I think, really grades out coming into this year as a player that they would deem as an excellent player. And this was, you know, this was an area where they had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman and and Chris Borland and Alden Smith and Justin Smith and all of these players were graded out as very good or excellent. So it's not necessarily that Trent Baalke hasn't hit on the numbers, but he hasn't. It's that there's been a total, total lack of great players, foundation players, pro bowl players, all pro players. He's replaced all pro players with players, guys, bodies, but just guys. Right. And unfortunately that's, that's reflective in their record. And a lot of those guys, I mean, he's really hit on fifth rounders like Quentin Dial and, right. and Lynch. But where I question his strategy, the, the whole red shirt thing, it's almost he's almost reinventing the wheel a little bit. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I mean, there's a long history of reasons why teams avoid injured players in the draft, you know, and players like Tank Carradine in the second round, Brandon Thomas in the third round, really disappointing, can't earn any snaps. And yeah, like you said, you've got to hit some some players at the top right. of the draft that you are foundational players. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. You have to have great players. I mean, great, great. You win in the NFL simply. An old coach told me this, and it's never been a truer statement. You win in the NFL when you have a collection of great coaches collecting a coaching a collection of great players. And it sounds real basic, and it is, but it really it's really the truth. And that's what they had, and that's no longer what they have. And the question is, you know, where did it go wrong? As far as the red shirt idea. You know, he's been drafting with an approach that you'd swear that the 49ers are coming off their fourth Super Bowl in the last six years. <laughs> you know, that they've had this enormous success and that he's just trying, that they're, that they're totally deep all the way across the board and that he's just kind of looking for things to, you know, long range to kind of tinker with. But that's not their scenario. In fact, they have more holes than they've had in years. And on draft day, they didn't fill holes, they created more holes by trading their Pro Bowl punter for a, a draft choice, creating an additional hole in an offseason where they had no right doing that. So, I mean, they have no reasonable game plan would say, hmm, let's take our great punter and try to trade him for a pick and then try to reinvent the wheel with a rookie punter. But they created that need out of thin air, mostly to save dollars. I think the other frustrating thing with the way they've approached this roster this year is that they're about $10 million under the cap, and I don't know that they made any play for Evan Mathis, who pro football focus grades out now with Denver as one of the highest-rated guards in the league. You know, how much more could they use Evan Mathis than, I don't know, Jordan Devy right now? That was... So, I mean, those kinds of things. In the the Eddie P era of things, now granted it was pre-salary cap, there would be no chance that the 49ers would not spend every dollar possible to put together the best roster. And today they can't make that claim. I totally agree. The Evan Mathis thing really threw me for a loop because it was the most obvious player at the most obvious yeah. need. And it's not like he signed some big long-term deal. We thought for so sure. It had to be, I thought it had to be that Evan Mathis didn't want SF more so than they didn't try to get him. And it's, it would be insane if they didn't at least go down that road a little bit. Well, you know, th- that's a great point. And, it, and it's probably true. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, maybe they kept their interest very close to the vest, very hush-hush, because they didn't want, you know, to be the perception out there that they weren't a, dest- you know, a choice destination. But in reality, I think that's probably the reality. So, 
you know, maybe Mathis just decided. I mean, heck, if Mathis came to me and said, hey, who do you think I'm, I'm, I want to win the Super Bowl? Should I go to Denver? Should I go to the Niners? I mean, you know, <laughs> right. I want to see like him play choice. with the Niners, but, uh, you know, uh, if I'm doing right by Mathis, I probably have to be honest. Hey, Larry, let's talk some Ravens. Bit banged up. May not have Steve Smith Jr. Justin Forsett also hasn't practiced this week. His backup, Lorenzo Taliaferro, placed on injured reserve. They may be a rookie starting at uh, running back there in Buck Allen. Seems like things are lining up for the 49ers, right, to, to snap this four-game losing streak? I, I think so, but they're two-and-a-half-point dogs, according to Vegas. So, I mean, how, dis- I mean well, how much disrespect is that? The Ravens don't have a single weapon other than the quarterback. They have no receivers. They have, I mean, Steve Smith's got a back problem, and he's old. Yeah. He's their best receiver. They, the rest of their receiver, they just picked up Chris Givens because they have no receivers. Their running back scared nobody. The rookie tight end from Minnesota may be good in two years, but he ain't good now. So they don't have a whole lot offensively. They're traveling cross country, and they're two and a half point favorites. I think this line is wrong. Yeah, and they're a one and four team. They could easily be an zero and five team. Their only win came because of some missed field goals. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent The national perspective on the Ravens is distorted. I mean, talk about I think the public is late to the party on the Ravens. I mean, we're so everybody's been you know tripping over themselves, patting Ozzie Newsome on the back. Like he's the greatest GM in the history of football, and he's had some great drafts. There's no question he's landed some nice players, but he is human as well. And this roster is proof of that. Yeah, and you know, it, I think it just all has to do with their defense. They were known as, you know, one of the elite defenses for so long. I mean, I, I'm in my fantasy football league, they still got drafted. It just it doesn't even make sense to me. People just see, oh, Ravens, that's a good defense. They're on pace to, to have their worst defensive season in their franchise's history. Well, they've done a lot of the same things the 49ers had. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl with a cast of great players, and they've replaced great players with good players or just okay players. And it's hard to find great players. You know, mm-hmm. that's why these guys who are great at finding that's why the John Schneiders of the world get paid so much. Because those you know, if you can find if you can find great players, you're a star in the NFL in the front office. And if you can find great players after the fourth round they're going to build you a statue outside the stadium eventually. Right, and it's a lesson that not only are great players hard to find, but you got to hold on to them. Even great right. players, when they jump teams, seem to always be better for the original team than they were for the for the next team that they go to. I mean, case in point, Torrey Smith right now, I don't know if you put him in the great category, right. but you know he's having trouble with the 49ers right now. He had such a great thing going with the Joe Flacco, and that, that that's the kind of thing that it's really hard to get back once you lose something like that. Well, I mean, I think a good example is Seattle with Thomas Rawls. I mean, Rawls is, is, you know, arguably one of the best backs in football right now when you look at size, strength, durability, and he's just filling in. He's just filling in for, for Marshawn, you know, so uh, that was a nice pick. So you don't always, especially running backs in some certain positions, you don't have to devote first and second and third round picks. You can find guys later, but it's all about finding great players, and when you do, you win, and when you don't, you don't. And right now, the, the, you know, I mean, look at these picks. I mean, Joe Looney, top four-round pick. Marcus Lattimore, top four-round pick. Um, you know, Marcus Martin, top four-round mm. pick. 
I mean, heck, I, I, my son, who's 14 years old and only knows a little bit about football, came up to me this week. He said, Dad, I've been listening to sports radio. Is Daniel Kilgore really that good? And I said, no. <laughs> no. He goes, well, everybody keeps saying, well, when Kilgore comes back, He's when Kilgore senior. comes back. I go, Daniel Kilgore is not John Hanna. And he said, well, Dad, who's John Hanna? <laughs> anyway, we got into a long conversation. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah I mean, makes you, you would, feel old on top of it. You would think Daniel Kilgore is, you know, John oh. Hanna or, or Steve Wisniewski. Oh, Wait until Kilgore returns, you know. Oh, my goodness. That's a great barometer how far we've fallen. We're clamoring for Tiller and Kilgore right. because they're going to be the saviors of our offensive line. Put in Silverman. Put in Silverman. <laughs> hey, one, yeah. one more quick yeah. question for you before we let you go. Look, the 49ers are 1-4. and four. Um Looks like a favorable matchup here with the Baltimore Ravens. Is week six sort of a, a blow-it-up? barometer for you i don't know if, if you're the type of guy where you're okay with sort of rooting for the team to lose a little bit but if they fall to one and five do you start to trade veterans like vernon davis do you ramp up the f off for golf movement well you know it's in i'm in an interesting spot because i do the pre and post game show and that's part of the 49er broadcast so i really don't feel all that comfortable saying blow it up and <laughs> right. kill the season but this look at the schedule look yeah. at the look at what's coming between now and December, if they don't get this game, I mean, even if they do get this game, I, I, I don't know that this is a this is a team that should do anything other than sell off every marketable piece and look to rebuild. But I'm getting the sense, and I don't know if you guys are, that Trent Baalke may not have assurances into the future. He's trading six-round picks for Gerald Hodges. Uh, that tells me that he's got some marching orders or at least doesn't have any assurances beyond the season. Otherwise, he's not trading future picks to find linebackers who can spell Navarro Bowman. He's stockpiling picks, right? right. So that I found as a departure from what he's done over the last couple of years and kind of tells me that there, he, his feet may be held to the fire, which that would be a good thing, I think, for the organization. Um, so as far as, you know, the other reality is that the reality of pro sports and the NFL, pro football, is that you either have a great quarterback and you're contending for a Super Bowl, or you should be hell-bent on finding that great quarterback right. so that you can contend for a Super Bowl. And any other philosophy is not really all that productive from my perspective. So in my evaluation, Colin Kaepernick is not that quarterback. So I would spend every moment looking at every quarterback in every league imaginable looking for the next great quarterback, whether it's Jared Goff or somebody else, I'd be on the lookout because I'm pretty convinced that Kaepernick is not it. So that, that I think, is the approach. I don't think uh, – I heard that they may be shopping Vernon Davis. Yeah, because there's teams lining up left right. and right for What's a tight worth? end with Come on. Poor, poor ball skills and inflated contract and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, an inflated opinion of his own brand the last time we slow. checked. Yeah. Yeah. And no you longer know, so. the signature speed that really made him right. a great player. I mean, I don't, you know, the other thing, I, I got into an argument with Tim Ryan about this in the pregame the other day, and I was saying that, that Eric or Eric Kendricks on the week one was, you know, he'd have a hard time uh, – Vernon would have a hard time shaking Kendricks. So Kendricks runs in the four fives. So he's like, "Hey, pal, Vernon runs in the four threes." <laughs> I just, I just laughed. Seven years I mean, ago, two thousand six. What? Yeah, I said, "What year was that?" And not only that, he never. I mean, there's, you, you know, Jerry Rice ran four five. 
right. Jerry Rice played four three. He there's there's fast and there's field fast. Vernon Davis was always fast. He was never field fast. He never played to the four three eight or whatever he clocked at Indy. He never played to that speed. So I find it funny when people throw his forty time around at this point. You know, it's like, <laughs> how about catch the ball, huh? Right. Let's right. start there. How about stay healthy, get on the field. Yeah, exactly. Follow him at Twitter, at Sports Larry KNBR. Catch him weekday mornings on KNBR. Gary and Larry show 9 to noon. Larry Kruger, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, man. Anytime, anytime. Always a fun listen. Gary and Larry, they're not on the TV anymore, which is a bummer. I know, I kind of missed that. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, Kate Scott, too. She's a lot of fun. She's actually an old co-worker of mine. Yeah, we had, we used to have a podcast together. Yeah, a podcast yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, it was so called I That's should, What She Said. So I expect to have great success after the show, and you I will not. Will I not. will continue to then have another podcast, and so on, and so forth. Week 6, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, man. I, this is a lot a of people are talking game. about if Jim Harbaugh is going to be on the Ravens sideline. Oh, that would be hilarious. In, in Ravens gear. That would be... Just the, he like, biggest, should be. The biggest trolling move ever. Yeah. What if what if York's like, no, they don't allow, they don't let him in to Levi Stadium? I believe it was Tim Kawakami on Twitter, and he said, it's too, it's too obvious a move for Harbaugh to do. Yeah. You know, it would be too easy. Like, he's bigger than that, kind of. I don't know. But I that would be... I, I would be... I, I think would, it would love be funny. it. I would love it. Uh, and I, I'm rooting for it. I'm not going to lie to you. That would put a big smile on my face, especially in our house. <laughs> Just a big F you to York. Or he's in the owner's suite for the Ravens or something, you know? <laughs> yes. Please. Somebody tweet that out. Ravens are 1-4, and four, could very easily be 0-5. Their only win was at Pittsburgh. Kobe Scobie missed those two field goals. Uh, they, they're not a very good football team. That was the game Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is... Oh, man, it's the first time they've met in the regular season since Super Bowl Forty Seven, or as the NFL likes to call it, XLVII. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, their Home game for the 49ers. Got to remind people of that. Yeah, they look great. Um, obviously, in the opening Monday nighter against Minnesota at home, looked pretty good against a very, very good Green Bay team at home. Of course, they lost that game. But Ravens have really bad defense. It's on pace to be the worst in their franchise's history. So that's nice, right? That's great. That's yeah. a great sign. And at home for the 49ers. Which is also a very great sign. And we took their wide receivers away from them. Right. And they're having some problems there. Steve Smith may not play. has a back problem. He's limited in practice still. That's Man. very positive. So they've got problems there. So their offense isn't do. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's struggles this year have been well documented. Joe Flacco's not having any better of a season than Colin Kaepernick is right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Flacco obviously has the Super Bowl ring, so he sleeps a little better at night. He does. But, but we took his wide receivers away. So, so take that, was, that We sucker. were supposed to get the Super Bowl ring that comes with that. Kamar Aiken, what? <laughs> that's all you got now. Uh, actually, Justin Forsett also really banged up. He's got an ankle injury, so he did not practice on Wednesday. And they placed uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro on injured reserve. So that's that the backup. Lorenzo <laughs> Taliaferro. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think I found yeah, it. You kind of tailed off the name. Where you say, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, like, you nailed it. Yeah. So, uh, what, Buck Allen, I think, would be next up. Buck if, Allen, if, yeah. If for some rookie, rookie who, from USC. Who has had, he's had a big run this season, yeah, but that's not about super it. impressive. I wasn't really that impressed with him in the draft. Either. I picked him up in fantasy. Not yeah, going to lie well, to you. Hey, starting running back. Yeah, it could gold. be. Very well could be. I'm so, not starting him this week. Not only wide receivers, weak in the secondary. They signed Sharice Wright straight from the 49ers. Yeah. Maybe. Chump move. Who knows if he's going to actually get on the field <laughs> or won't. if he's just there for some information. <laughs> uh, but they do need some bodies there. Tuesday. And uh, on top of that, no pass rush. No, none at all. And, and we we already we mentioned their defense, 24th in yards allowed, 25th in points allowed. 
just not good. Yeah, so it's, not it's, a moved on. He's in Detroit. Right. Suggs is hurt. Yeah, it's looking. Uh, it's starting to set up really, really good for the 49ers. Hey, look, at here. home, it's a great matchup on paper for mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. The best matchup he's had this season. Yeah. So I expect. Well, I mean, we've seen some gains. We saw him play pretty well last week on the road against a team that doesn't have the greatest defense either. So I expect another good game, better game. I expect yeah. the best we've seen Colin Kaepernick this week. I expect just the best 49ers overall. I feel like that was their best game that they played at New York. Even better than the Minnesota game. Like, yeah, it didn't come out as a win, but I feel like just overall, it, it was a better game to me. Yes, it was. Offensively. the first week was such a, cake, a cakewalk. Yeah, right? yeah. But defense obviously struggled against the Giants. But offensively, I feel like it was it was definitely, they were clicking. It was it was wonderful. Now they're going up a team that that allows 27.4 points per game. That's ranked 25th in the league. They're, they're giving up almost 50% allowing teams converting on third down. That's, that's the second worst in all of football. So just this, another thing. Because for me, I feel like the 49ers are always in third down. I feel like it's yeah. always a third down thing for me. And then I I feel like this season also we've seen just a lot of like third down. Okay, let's throw a little out. All right, let's just do a little four-yard thing and see if we can go get it. Oh, oh, it's third and three on our opening drive against the Giants. Let's go ahead and hand the ball to Reggie Bush. He's going <laughs> to tiptoe his way to, to losing yardage. They've really tried to throw that change up, the Reggie Bush up the middle oh, on third man. down thing. And it's oh, I've seen it twice, and I've hated it both uh, times. I, yell, I actually yelled at the, at the TV screen on Sunday night. So really, Bush? Oh, that was a reenactment. I'm pretty sure that was spot on too. Yeah, I like how you cleaned it up too for the audience. You know that there was an f bomb <laughs> in there, and I woke my daughter up. She was sleeping, spitting out deviled eggs, yeah. right? <laughs> and pretzels. Ravens, I still haven't tried your deviled eggs, man. It's gonna happen one of these days. Uh, the Niners have to have a winning record, and then I'll bring them in. Okay, good. So I like that. Uh, Ravens wait, wait, have given up no, eight like sacks. That's good news for Aaron Lynch. He is uh, he's trending in the right direction. Absolutely, we were big on him coming into the season, and and you know getting Ahmad Brooks back too will be very good for just that whole defense. Tony Jaredetti was playing some outside linebacker, but was he? I did not, I, did like, his name get called at all? No, he was just there. He, he wasn't getting any pressure. He's no. not an outside linebacker. He's not. Anyways, so that's bad news. Lemonier. Yeah, he calls himself. Everyone else calls him Lemonier. Mm-hmm. He calls himself Lemonier. Really? Then why the, don't we call him? On the pregame. I mean, Mama calls him Clay. Can, I'm going to call him Clay. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, if he That's calls ab- himself Lemonier, yes. let's, let's do that. That is absolutely right. On Because he's never – I can't remember him getting a start before, so he actually got the thing where he says, you know, I'm Corey Lemonier. Yeah. Yeah, and – There it is. So what's up with uh, maybe, that? Maybe no one ever knew it. No one's ever really gone into the uh, – done their research and, and asked him how to say it, and finally he got to say it with his first start. Or maybe he changed it up. He's like, okay, I'm, it's a new me. I'm starting now. I'm really going to throw some people but off. he did absolutely nothing either. No. Eli Harold is really quick, and you see him flash, and he actually made a nice play. He he, he made a nice rush from the outside, uh, pushed Eli Manning up in the pocket, and he got some pressure up the middle on that almost pick by Brock in the fourth quarter. Right. So that was nice. He flashed a little bit there, but he's got no sand in the pants. Once the tackle gets their hands on Eli Harold. He's done. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it last week with Barrows when we were interviewing him. It was like it was. I saw a lot more of it in the Giants, where it's like one guy makes pressure, forces the quarterback to step up or step to the left or step back or step somewhere, and then there was no one else there. Right. I saw a lot and of that again on that's Sunday. That's where, I and mean, even Eli Harold being on the field opposite instead of Tony Jaredetti would make a lot of sense. Yeah. There. At least there's somebody who could clean up a mess who has some athleticism. Mm-hmm. Someone like Scove. Uh, maybe we'll see Gerald Hodges in there a little bit. Um, uh, Eric Armstead. You just need more athleticism on the field. It's really been killing them on defense. You see, we've talked about Navarro Bowman being a step slow. Will Hoyt, 
he's just never Will Hoyt's just a guy he's a, a solid player but he's not a guy that's going to stand out and make a ton of plays for you and that's where just the overall athleticism especially up the middle is is really has been a big problem, I think, so far for the 49ers. Do you think we're going to see Hodges? I mean, are we getting to that point with Will Hoyt not really doing much? I don't know. It seems like it seems like it would make a lot of sense, but I don't know if he's ready scheme-wise. Yeah, um, and that's probably the He's a really thing. similar guy to Nick Moody. It makes you wonder why you got rid of Nick Moody, because former safety in college. I'm still up. baffled by that move. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought like maybe that. that meant they were going to move Scove to the other side, get him some more playing time, but he's just been— Wasn't the case. Yeah, he's just been backing up. Navarro Bowen, which means he's not seeing the field. So yeah, actually, they, they, there was talk this week of, of limiting Bowman's snaps a little bit and really just kind of focusing on that and making sure they don't run him into the ground. I'm and, all for that. And, yeah, and, and let him have maximize his explosive plays. Yep. Right, because it's obvious that that he's not he, he's not the hope, player he was. He he might not ever be the same, which is a huge bummer. Right, but maybe he could be in shorter stints. Yeah, or, or closer may, to the same guy. Or maybe he's yeah ninety percent of what he was, which is still pretty which good. Which is awesome. Yeah, right? which is which is still a guy that you want on your football team. But yeah, it is. It, he's definitely not the same guy, and uh, and that's been missed. And especially with with no Patrick Willis. I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about all the guys they're missing, but we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on a Ravens football team coming in, very winnable game. I'm going to go. With my prediction and, and go win. And I think it's going to be an easy win. I do. This is the most confident I've felt all season, yeah. even prior to week one. Agreed. 100%. And I'm going to say this is a W. And yeah. The 49ers, and look, this brings me to this point. The 49ers are 1-4, and four, and we just talked about how one play away from 2-3, and three, maybe mm-hmm. looking at a 500 record if they win, but also very close to being 0-5 as well. So what? What? which team do we have here? Are, are we going to scratch and claw to 6-10? and 10? Yeah. Is this a team that actually could beat? 12 and 4, as Colin Kaepernick said, and, you know, <laughs> make a run to the playoffs because that's not insane. There's teams that started 1 and 4 sure. and, and went deep in the playoffs before. So they're clicking on offense. I, I'm not going to, I wouldn't, I'm not going to bet for or against 12 and 4. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I, well, oh, I bet against it, obviously. <laughs> but right. I, I don't feel that, that the playoffs are completely out of the question at this point. A lot of games left. Or just having important games in December. Which is you know? which is what we're shooting for at this point. Right. Uh, hey, I'm I'm calling a win. I'm excited for this weekend. I was I was very scared going into last week. I predicted a win, very close to, to it happening. Uh, but I feel much more much more confident. Uh, just as you could tell, the whole 49er team did. So let, let's hope if that, they're going to do anything, they have to win these games. Yeah, because there's still a ton of tough games. This on the is schedule. a winnable game. Even and if you think they had turned the corner. They have to win games like this, and almost they have to look good winning it. They have to. Yeah, it can't be a game where oh they scraped by with a win. Especially with the short week, Seattle coming to town on Thursday. Like if they can go out there and really just beat the Ravens, you know, like thirty to thirteen or something, they just really put a smackdown on them. Right. You build up that confidence, and then you can take on a Seattle team who has to travel on a short week. Because th- this isn't one of those things where one team has a short week and the other doesn't. And Seattle's not that good. Right. No, they're not. They have what two wins. Yeah, they're two uh, and three, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's two and three. Come on, come on. This is, these are two winnable a, games. Their offensive line is not playing well. They're playing as bad as they have. Since Jimmy Graham is, is he still on the Seahawks? I don't even yeah, know. They're like, hey, we got this Jimmy Graham guy. Let's let's use him as a blocker. Yeah, he's one of the best receiving tight ends in the history of the NFL. <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, make him block all the time. Wait, aren't the Seahawks off this week? Did they have a bye? Are they coming on? No. They don't have a bye. No. Okay, good. No, no, no. I was thinking they were coming off a bye. They're coming off a bye the next time we play. Right. Okay, that's what it was. Yes, exactly. Right. And we're in their house. So that's yeah, a total nah, winnable oh, game. Geez, that's a rough one. That's hey, who knows? If they, hey, we're trending up right now. Come on. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We Whew. still got the Baltimore Ravens this week. Bring it. I'm excited. I'm hoping for a big win. I expect a big win. And Payback. I have not said that once on our show. I Payback for Super Bowl XLVII. Here it is.
Follow us on Instagram, Gold Faithful Podcast. Yes, thanks for listening, everybody. At Subscribe, rate, review. The please. Instagram is a brand new thing. I do want to shout out our social media producer, Andrea. Yeah, Dre, bringing it, bringing it big. We really appreciate it. Also, uh, you can what was follow that him. Handle again, the Instagram handle. One more time. Gold Faithful Podcast. Follow is. us now. You can follow him on Twitter at BDPcock. Follow right. me. At Barry Wink, send us your questions, your likes, your dislikes, anything you you want to mention to us, or via email. If you're not there, you go in the Twitter or Instagram verse. Well, there's a Twitter verse. What's the Instagram? Instaverse. Instaverse. Instagram Nation. Gramverse. Grandma's verse. That was dumb. on Instagram. Let us know what they call the world of Instagram. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Perfect. Or you can email or on us. Twitter. Or yeah, <laughs> just let email us, us goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time. See you.